and that's our announcements for the week. And until next time, we'll see you at the top. Praise the Lord, everybody. I was glad when they said unto us, let us go into the house of the Lord. Everybody, come on and stand on your feet and give him praise this morning. Clap your hands like this. Yeah. There's a praise in this house. Everybody dance before him. And there's a praise in this house. And I can feel him now. Let me say there's a praise. There's a praise in Come on. This house. Everybody, everybody dance before him. him. There's a praise. There's a praise in this house. And I can feel him now. Feel your presence. There is a praise. There's a praise in this house. Everybody dance before him. There's a praise. I can feel him now. Come on, help us sing. Praise him. Praise him. Everybody just clap those hands. 
just lift your hands and tell him how great he is. That's why we praise you. That's why we reverence you. You're a great God. There is no one that's come before you and no one's coming after you. You stand alone, God. Because you are a great God. You are a great God. We declare your greatness, God, in the earth realm. We declare your greatness, God, here on earth. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice Let all the earth rejoice And he wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide, and it trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. And how great is our God, sing with me how great is our God, and oh, we'll see how
make me righteous. Redeemer, you redeem me back to God. Redeemer, yes you did. Yes you did. Yes you did. I'm so grateful. Yes you did. Yeah yeah yeah. Yes you did. Yeah, everybody say. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands for Jesus. He's a great God. 
Hallelujah. Now it's time to give back what God has given to us. Hallelujah. That's all right. You can clap. Because he's been a great God. Wonderful God. Just to expound on Hebrews 13 and 16, it says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. Because giving tithes and offering pleases God. Because what you give to him, he will give back to you. If you sow little, guess what? You're going to get little back. But God wants us to sow bountifully so he can bless us abundantly. Somebody better get this. You're wondering why you're having trouble in your finances. You got to come to a point, you got to make your tithes and your offering number one. I had to learn this. Above all my other bills, that's number one is God. God is going to get his before anybody else gets theirs. I learned the key. That's how I wanted to get blessed. So I had to make my mindset up. Because it all begins right here. Your mindset. If you want to see and witness a move of God in your life, give it. Give it to him. And I want you to make up your mind on what you want God for to do for the rest of this year. You set the tone on how you want God to bless you. We are working on five projects for this year. Number one is the help ministry. The help ministry gives back to the community. And it also helps us as well. Come on here, somebody. We fall down sometimes, fall short, but then we can always come back to the house of God for help. Number two, the youth building. We are focusing on building the youth building for our children so they won't have to hang in the streets, hang on the corners. They have somewhere to go. They can fellowship. Number three is the coach bus. Pastor said this morning, those seats look bad. Come on here, somebody. And we are working in a spirit of excellence. And whatever we do for God, whatever we ride in, should look pleasing to God. Come on here, somebody. I don't want to ride in no raggedy bus, raggedy car, when I'm serving God. That is not pleasing to him. Oh, y'all, y'all better get this. The fourth thing is the wall, LED wall. Y'all seen it on New Year's Eve. That thing was pretty. Now, we don't have to go and ask nobody for it. We want to have our own. That's our next thing. And the last thing is the microphones. It's time for some new microphones. Time to get with technology. Upgrade. So just dig just a little bit deeper. Uh, come on here, somebody. See, see y'all get quiet right here. Because when you have your fist like this, you cannot let nothing in. And then nothing will come out. So according to what you want to get back. Speak to your seed. 
I learned that a long time ago. To speak to your seed and tell that seed what you want to bring back to you. Ursus, will you please come forth? And I want you to hold up your offering to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hold it up high. Be proud of it. Hold it up high. Spirit of the living God. Lord, we're giving back to you what you gave us for the edification of your kingdom, for the edification of your ministry, even for the edification of this building. Lord, you own everything. Everything belongs to you. Lord, we wouldn't even have anything without you handing it to us. Now, God, we ask that those who sow, God, you will bring it back to them 1,000-fold. That, God, they come back with a testimony to encourage someone else to give. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And let the church say amen.
visitors do we have in the house on this morning? Just raise your hand. Amen. God bless you, brother. Thank you for joining us on this morning. Anybody else? To our online viewers, we thank you for tuning in. We have a gift for you in the back after church. Thank you for joining us. Zion Hill, y'all know what time it is. Let us get up and let us welcome everybody here on this morning.
going to read verses 11 and verse 12. The book of Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 and 12. When you find it, please say amen. amen. The scripture reads, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edification of the church. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for another great day. This is the day the Lord has made it. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we thank you for our community. We thank you for our family. Thank you for our children and our loved ones. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We ask that you will speak to our heart. And Lord, we thank you that this world will not return void. Lord, I pray that prayers will be answered this morning. I pray that lives will be changed. I pray, oh God, that your name will be magnified. Help your servant to proclaim your word this morning. I need your super on my natural. Glorify yourself in this house. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you on the subject title, An Introduction to Spiritual Warfare. An Introduction to what? Spiritual Warfare. In the passage I just read to your hearing, please take note of at least of what we called fivefold ministries. The Bible talks about apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Then the Word of God not only makes a list, it tells you the purpose of those officers, their gifts to the church. And he said, they are here for the perfecting of the saints. They are here for the work of the ministry. And they are here to edify the church. By the way, the word perfecting of saints means maturing believers. Ladies and gentlemen, I read this to your hearing to point out the fact that one of our major responsibilities as a church is to save souls, lead people 
to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's not our only job. We also have a job to make sure that we mature believers. Some people just focus on reaching the lost, that those who are already reached, they were never matured. Apostle Paul was concerned about that, and he reminded the people that you cannot be feeding on milk all your life. Every child of God is called to maturity. You have to grow in the Lord to the point that you're no longer babies drinking milk. But now you can eat steaks. Amen. That's the will of God for us. So my focus this morning, today my assignment is to help you and me to mature in Christ. So maturity of the believers is our focus. So this message is for those who says in their spirit man, I'm tired of the devil taking my stuff. I'm tired of the devil winning in my life. I'm tired of being defeated. I want to know God more. Apostle Paul said, oh, that I may know him. In the power of his resurrection. In the fellowship of his suffering. It is very, very important that you grow in the Lord that you mature in Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, the book of Ephesians chapter 6, beginning from verse 10, begin to show you and me how we can achieve spiritual growth and how we can do this thing called spiritual warfare. Beginning from verse 10, of Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The next verse, verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God. Then it tells you why you need to put on the whole armor of God. He says, so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles of the devil means the tricks of the devil. So you need to know that the devil is a trickster. He's been tricking people, even Christians, for years, for decades, for centuries, even the smartest of all Christians is capable of being tricked by the devil. So you need to know how to war with the devil. 
You need to know how to protect not just yourself, but your family. God deliver me from a man or a woman that will not fight for their own family. So the secret to spiritual warfare is Christian maturity. You would think people are smart enough to know why their mama failed in life or where, why their daddy failed in life or why grandma messed up and why, where grandpa messed up or uncle so-so or auntie so-so, nephews, cousin, bookie. But because we don't pay attention. Because we refuse to grow. So the devil never had to change his trick. He's using the same old playbook to attack, to destroy, and to make sure he keeps us from our blessings. Please notice Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. The Bible says when it comes to spiritual warfare, you and I need to know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen. Amen. Notice that word wrestling. One of my children loves wrestling. I'm not sure what is the big deal about wrestling. Just enjoy wrestling. I have a deacon like that too. Deacon Pete Johnson just loves wrestling. He will watch. And I never will forget, my child came to me one day and said, Dad, I want you to get me a premium service for wrestling. I say, son, Wrestling is fake. I would not want to be spending my money buying you fake stuff. He said, well, you watch boxing. That's fake also. I said, well, let's look at it this way. I have the right to watch anything I want to. Because I got a job. <laughs> we just having daddy child conversation, you know. And then he said he will pay for it. I said, huh? How about that? How much money you got? Say I got about five hundred bucks. I said, hey, we need to be talking about rent up up in here. If the Lord bless you with that kind of money, somebody ought to be paying me rent. Bless God, I'm sharing that with you to let you know there is a game called wrestling. You know? And it is fake, the, the, the kind of art. But the wrestling that Apostle Paul is talking about here is not fake. It's a real fight. There is a real devil out there. 
that is trying to mess with you every day of your life. You know, in America, you'd be amazed how many people think that all this idea of the devil is just some make-believe. Trust me when I tell you, the devil is real. How do I know? The, the book of St. John, chapter 10, verse 10 says, the devil come to steal. He comes to kill and he comes to destroy you. Jesus said he has come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. So my brothers, my sisters, you need to know there is a devil out there. And you need to know when it comes to spiritual warfare, we wrestle not against flesh or blood. So stop screaming at your spouse. That's not your enemy. Stop screaming at your children. Your co-worker is not your enemy. Even your boss is not your enemy. Stop fussing and fighting with people. The Bible said that's not the real enemy. Wouldn't it be sad if you're, if you're trying to fight somebody and you don't even know who you're fighting? But there is a spirit behind the people that you're trying to fight. So we ought to be wrestling with those spirits, those demonic forces, and not your spouse, not your children, not your boss, not your supervisor, not your friends. Are you still here? Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. So stop yelling at people. My brothers, my sisters, then the question must be asked, who then are we fighting? I would hate for us to go to war and we don't know who we're fighting. The Bible identifies the people we're fighting loud and clear. There are four demons spelled out in the word of God that we are fighting. Number one, the Bible says principalities. One day I'm going to talk about just that. Who are these people? Where do they hide out? You need to know. So you're not just playing defense. Sometimes you need to go offense and knock up their tents. There are principalities that control cities. And until you deal with those demonic spirits, no city can grow. Another demon we are fighting, he said principalities, number one, powers, number two. He said rulers of darkness. Amen. We are fighting 
spiritual wickedness in high places. You need to know what are we talking about when we say rulers of darkness. One of the debates in our great country today is whether we need to protect democracy or we should consider something else. As beautiful as the idea sounds, a lot of people are now asking tough questions. Is it a system that is concentrated in the hand of few people? Is it a system that, that, that degrades certain races? There are powers. The Bible talks about powers of darkness. Spiritual wickedness. You know what I'm trying to tell you? There's a real devil loosed. You cannot afford to be walking around in ignorance. He wants to steal from you and me. He wants to kill us. He wants to destroy us. And many religions are so backward and ignorant. Even churches. That when things happen to you, then they begin to teach you that you must have done something wrong. And that's not necessarily so. Sometimes you've done nothing wrong. You sure right, my sister. Job was an example. There are forces behind the scene that are fighting your health and fighting your employment and fighting your business. You find yourself working so hard with nothing to show for it. Here you are, you believe in God for a godly spouse. Even ugly women are fighting for spouse. And here you are, you're trying to live right, you're beautiful, you're anointed. There is a force behind the scene. My assignment today is to mature every believer. Are you still here? I repeat, there is a devil loosed. So you need to know what are the signs that will let you know you are in a spiritual warfare. You know doctors, they will tell you there are symptoms of sicknesses and disease. And once they see that symptom, they know what you got. The same thing in the spirit. There are signs, there are symptoms that will let you know, sister, girl, you are in a spiritual warfare. Brother Baba, you are in a spiritual warfare. What are these signs? Number one, fatigue. What did I call it? I am not talking about physical fatigue. If you work hard, it's natural that you get tired. So that's not the problem. But there is something called tiredness of the soul. 
that's the sign you're in a spiritual warfare. Brother Pastor, what do you mean by tiredness of the soul? This is where you find yourself that you just fed up in your spirit. Everything looked good on the outside. But deep down within you, you say no, no more. This is what will make a man take the trash out and never come back inside. The tiredness of the soul. You find yourself looking for an escape. Everybody around you is smiling. I was watching TV recently when the Lord gave me this message. There were two women, white sisters. They were very successful. Mother and daughter. Successful country singers. And all of a sudden, the mother, who is very successful, just shot herself. And everybody is now freaking out. It's impossible. These are rich people. These are successful people. Got all the houses, all the land, all the wealth. But when your soul is tired, You begin to look for an exit. A way of escape. Fatigue is when you are tired of fighting. Life is a fight. Nobody's going to give you nothing free. Don't let nobody lie to you. You got to fight. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith so you can lay hold of the eternal blessings. You got to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, but there comes a time when you say, I'm tired. I'm tired of fighting. No more. I've given it my best shot. I'm walking out of this marriage. Fatigue of the soul. And the number one thing the devil wants you and me to do is to quit. That's right, Pastor. He wants us to give up. People give up even on their children. You pray so hard to have a baby. You work really hard to get pregnant. Now you have a baby. You're sick and tired of it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, another indicator or symptom say the doctor is in the house is when you have stress. Life will stress you. You and me, we are like ships in an ocean. The water, the waves will beat around your ship. 
The question is, how are you going to handle it? And many people collapse in the process. Many people fold up. If you're a single woman, you're looking for a husband, you don't want a man that is not strong within. Are you still here? Apostle Paul was describing some stress that he went through. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning from verse 8 through verse 9, he said we are troubled on every side. That's stressful. (laughs) He said, but guess what? I'm not distressed. You see, he's telling you there is something on the inside that is sustaining me on the outside. Apostle Paul said, we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. You You need a strong man. You need a strong woman. Many of you, you're looking for a rich man. You need a strong man. I'm doing marriage counseling today. (laughs) If you find you a strong man, come hell or high water, he'll pull through. Those are the kind of men that say, I've been young, now I'm old. The righteous will never be forsaken. Their seed will never beg for bread. I remember years in my own life with no dime in my pocket. I feel like I'm a multi-billionaire and I have no dime. But deep within, I feel I don't have to kiss up to nobody. I don't have to join no clique. My God shall supply all of my needs. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Apostle Paul was describing his experience. He said we were persecuted, but deep within we know we are not forsaken. He said we are cast down, but we are not destroyed. Hallelujah. I want a man like that next to me. When I'm going to war, you need you need somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why I said when you find your life stressful, don't panic. Don't fold. Don't give up. The Bible says, I haven't done all. Stand. Are you still here this morning? Some of you, you would rather have a pastor that will carry your stress. But no, that's not my calling. I'm not called to carry your stress. I've got my own stress too. That's the truth. Don't be fooled by my three-piece suit. My job, my calling 
is to teach you how to fight. Get you a good weapon. And say, let's, let's go hunting for every devil. And when he sends you a package, return it back to the sender. Say, not in my house. I don't care what he's trying to say. You, you can say, oh, no, not here. You know why you can do that? The Bible says, no plague shall come near your dwelling. A thousand may fall, 10,000 by your right. But as for you, it won't come near you. During watch night, I said to you two things. This year, 2024, just like Prophet Haggai said, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But I said God has a plan for his children to dwell in Goshen. Goshen was a place of protection. It was a place of safety. It was a place of blessing for the Israelites. When there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. So what you need to know is to prepare yourself to dwell in Goshen. Amen, somebody. I don't have to carry your stress. That's what we call pastoral abuse. Many pastors allow that, and then they, they, they burn out, and they die. And then you're going to find another pastor and kill him too. <laughs> what we all need to do is to learn how to fight spiritual warfare. Amen, somebody. Learn what kind of weapon you need. Recognize the kind of problem. Another symptom. I told you one symptom is fatigue. I told you another symptom is stress. Another symptom that will let you know you're in a spiritual warfare is temptation. I was talking to one of my preachers this morning. He said, I was on the street. I did everything wrong. Then I made up my mind, I want to come to Jesus' side. And since I made my mind to come to Jesus, every day, some devil is trying to track me down. Temptation. You find yourself, your mind be cooking stuff. You minding your own self. You be trying to sleep. Now here comes a crazy dream. Now, you, you done walk away from this Negro now. It's been nine years. Now the devil is still flashing his picture in your face. Now you see why the songwriter say, yield 
not to temptation for yielding is sin each victory to help you some others to win fight manfully say you resist the devil and he will flee. You sure are right my sister. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 and 13 says if you think you are standing watch out. Be careful. Lest you fall. Have you been keeping up with ministries lately? Major ministries. Mega ministries. They are falling. Spiritual warfare is real. You cannot pretend as if it's not there. In first, in first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, The good news is that God is faithful. Hallelujah. He said he will never permit you to go through anything more than you can handle. That's something to shout about. It. Every time I'm faced with some temptation, I know in my knowing God has promised I can handle it. If I cannot handle it, he will not even allow it to come back. He goes further to say, not only is he faithful not to permit more than you can handle, the Bible says he also will provide a way of escape. Hallelujah. Do I have a witness in the house? Has God ever lead you through the valley of the shadow of death? And you look back, you know, Nobody but Jesus. You could have been swallowed up. 
but you are still here. Somebody shout amen. amen. That's why Hebrews 13 verse 6 talk about we can boldly say the Lord is my help. Therefore I will fear what no man can do to me. Are you still here? Another symptom that will let you know you're in a spiritual warfare is fear. Here you are, you went to school to be an engineer. You're well trained. Now you're on the job, you're scared. That's a spiritual warfare. You're qualified to do the job. You are prepared to do the job. You are trained to do the job. And yet you're scared of the job. I had to deal with that on my job. The Lord had to remind me, you are qualified to be here. Speak up. You don't have to be afraid of them. Paul said to young Timothy, don't be scared of their faces. Preach in season and out of season. Fear will rob you of your joy. But the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. What God has given you is love, power, and sound mind. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm full of love. Say it like you mean it. Say, neighbor, I got me some power. I am anointed. I am appointed. I am destined for greatness. Amen. Amen. You got to know in your knowing that God is on your side. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to prepare ourselves so now that we know there is a wrestling with the devil, now that we know we are not fighting flesh or blood, now that we identify the names of the demons that we are fighting, now I want to show you how to fight. Mm-hmm. Have you ever hang around some people that don't know how to fight? Don't let me call your name now. <laughs> but one thing I love, I love about some people, they can fight. Ladies and gentlemen, I remember uh, when Muhammad Ali was fighting George Foreman. The fight was in my neck of the wood, in Africa, you know. That's why we call it Rumble in the Jungle. <laughs> That's my neck of the wood, you know. <laughs> oh, all Africans tune in. Because they don't bring many great fights to us. So everybody, I don't care if you have a TV with a rabbit ear. 
We want to see rumble in the jungle. <laughs> and praise God, the, the Bible tells us how to fight too because the record that time, they said Judge Foreman, everybody fight, he knocked them out. The guy just have a big punch. He hit you, you going, <laughs> you going down. But, you know, Mr. Muhammad Ali had a strategy. And that's what's missing with many Christians. You're trying to fight the devil, but you have no strategy. You have no plan. That's why you get your behind whooped all the time. What is Mr. Muhammad Ali's strategy? He found out that Mr. Judge Foreman cannot fight for long. Every fight he won is less than six rounds. So Ali thought all he needs to do is to keep the fight longer than six rounds. And uh, the brother will be tired. So here come Muhammad Ali. He leaned on the rope. You know, you're called a rope dopa. And he was just leaning there and just allowing George Foreman to punch him and punch him and punch him. And everybody's watching and saying, what is wrong with Muhammad Ali? Man, the whole world is watching you. You're about to lose the fight. And he was just taking the punch and taking the punches. And when Mr. George Foreman was worn out, tired, here comes Ali. <laughs> and you know how the whole fight ended. Ali, excuse my language, whoop is behind. Why? Muhammad Ali had a strategy. Muhammad Ali had a plan. Christian, you don't go after the devil. All these demons without a strategy. Okay, Pastor, I get it. So what is our strategy? Well, I'm glad you asked. The first thing you need to know is in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. The Bible said, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. You can lose any battle easy if you don't have the right weapon. Did you hear what the Bible said? The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. But they are mighty through God. And it's so mighty that you can use it to pull down every stronghold. Here you are. Your spouse is doing wrong. Now you hire a private investigator. He says, you're going to lose. You'll be out. You're using kana, kana weapons to confront a spiritual warfare. 
mad at you on the job. See, I'm just going to go there and burn down the whole place. <laughs> Kana! Now you're trying to burn down the place of employment. Now you burn down the whole city. <laughs> but if you recognize the real weapon you got, the Bible says you can cast down imaginations. Every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, you can bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when crazy thoughts come to your mind, How do you deal with it? With the word of God. Amen. Remember Jesus Christ? When he was going through his own warfare? How did he deal with it? It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. He says, speak to your mountain. He says, speak the word. Here the devil is trying to tell you to take your own life. But the Bible says with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. So you counter every crazy thought. You take those crazy thoughts captive. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. It tells you again what you need to do. How to fight now. It said you need to put on the whole armor of God. Am I still in the book? You know, David was trying to go fight Goliath. And they were going to give him a uniform. They were going to give all this crazy stuff. And he tried it on. But David had enough sense to say, no, 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 no. This is not me. I can't even move. <laughs> this is cumbersome. What are you wearing as you try to confront the devils of this world? This is what you all need to be wearing. What the Bible called the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. Look at verse 14. Starting from verse 14. He said, God, your loins with the truth. Part of the problem in our world today, too many liars. You cannot win. When every time you open your mouth, you are lying. Guard your loins with the truth. He said, we are the breastplate of righteousness. You know what's missing in Washington? Righteousness. You really want to know why a lot of our community are in chaos? Righteousness is absent. Everybody are too busy.
promoting self. We need to promote God. Look at verse 15. He says, your feet must be shod with preparation of the gospel. How are you going to prepare for the gospel when you don't even show up in church? The only time we see you here is when you are hard, when you are marched, and when you are dispatched. <laughs> Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. I told you you need to speak the word. How can you speak the word that you don't know? And how can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach unless God sent them? Notice what verse 16 says. As part of your uniform, you need the shield of faith. You know what I'm talking about? You've got to learn not to take risk, but to trust God. You're trying to buy a house. Your money is funny. Your credit is jacked up. You have no clue how you're going to make the monthly payment. But you step out of the boat. Without faith, it's impossible for you to please God. If you really want to win in the battles of life, you've got to be willing to step out of the boat while everybody is sitting around. You need the shield of faith. Are you still here? Notice what he said in verse 17. As part of your uniform, you need helmet of salvation. As part of your uniform, he said you need the sword of the spirit. What is that? The word of God. See, the word of God must be in your mouth. The word of God must be in your heart. The word of God must be a part of you every day. Don't go to work without the word of God. Don't go to bed without the word of God. Don't make a choice who you're going to marry without the word of God. And you know what, what else it says in verse 18? I'm going to stop. I see my mind standing up there. You, you say, Oh, pray always. Not only when you're going to eat. Always. You go to your desk, you say a little prayer. You're in your kitchen, you say a little prayer. You're on the highway, you say a little prayer. You're dressing your children for school, a little prayer. Before you take your medication, a little prayer. When they're getting on your nerve, a little. Are you all still here this day? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I've got a feeling we're going to have a great year. Are you all still here? Oh, there will be wars and rumors of wars. But God's children will dwell in peace. God's children will dwell in safety. I've got a feeling everything will be all right with your life. Everything will be all right with your family. 
Everything will be all right with your children. Everything will be all right with your health. Everything will be all right with your finances. Everything will be all right with your grandchildren. Everything will be all right with your ministry. I've got a feeling. Stand to your feet. I've got a feeling. Everything's going to be all right. Oh.
hate thee so much. I should have been dead by now. But I'm still here. Are you with me? I don't look like what I've been through. Do I have a witness? I probably should have had a nervous breakdown by now. Got so much obligation. Had no way I was going to pay the bills. For 27 years, the Lord sustained this ministry. With all those obligations, the righteous never forsake you. The seed will never go for bread. I have to learn to look to the hills from whence cometh my help. I want to believe God with you this morning. This year, marking 2024, is your year of breakthrough. God will do it. He is faithful. He will make it happen. And even things the devil meant for evil, he will turn it around for your good. Hallelujah. Hold somebody's hand next to you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to call on your name. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the opportunity to agree. You said it, we believe it. If two or more shall agree concerning anything here on earth, it shall be done of our Father which is in heaven. Thank you for touching us one more time. Thank you that your word is yea and amen. You said it in Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe, and it shall be done unto you. Somebody is here before this altar, believing God for a miracle this year. Somebody is here before this altar, believing God for you to touch their life. There are dreams, there are visions that are represented at this altar. Lord, you're the only one who can make our dreams come true. You're the only one who can make provision for our vision. Except you, God, build the house. Everyone that labors, labors in vain. Except you, God, protect the city. In vain, the watchman is watching. Lord, I lift up every vision, every dream, every prayer request standing before this altar right now. You said it, we believe it, that we should cast all of our cares upon you. It's good to know you care for us. Lord, I pray for breakthrough. I pray for breakthrough anointing upon everyone before this altar. You said we receive not because we never ask. Father, I stand here as your representative right here on earth. I pray, oh God, that you will grant the desires of every man, every woman's heart. I pray, oh God, that you will make a way out of no way. Everything the devil meant for evil, 
I pray, oh God, that you would turn it around for our good. I pray for healing miracles. I pray for financial breakthrough. I pray for spiritual maturity. I pray, oh God, that you will fight our battles. You said it, and we believe it. Jehoshaphat, this battle is not yours. It's the Lord. Lord, you did it for the Jews. You did it for David before Goliath. You did it when they were in front of the Red Sea. Father, I thank you that you're working it out right now. Thank you for the miracle. Thank you for the breakthrough. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for the provision. Thank you, oh God. We just bless your name now. We're not going to wait until the battle is over. We're going to shout right now. Somebody's fixing to shout for their miracle. Somebody's fixing to shout for their blessing. Somebody's fixing to shout for their breakthrough. Somebody shout hallelujah. 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 It is so. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Come on, shout amen. God bless you. We want to thank you again and again for being here this morning. And if you are here today, you're looking for a church home. Let me invite you to be a part of this church. I can assure you of one thing. This is a world church. You will learn about your God and your Savior. This is a place you can use your gift and talents for the glory of God. It's a place that is anointed for miracles, signs, and wonders. So if you're looking for a church home, my wife and I will stand right here after the benediction. And we ask that you come to welcome you to this great I want to thank all of you for being in church this morning. Thank you for your willingness to study the word of God with me. Amen. Pastor William, will you please come, woman of God. We're going to have our benediction. And I want to thank all of you for your willingness to go through the scripture. Grass will wither, flowers will fade. But one thing that will stand forever is the word of God. We don't need religion. We need a relationship. God bless you. Jesus' name.